Welcome to the Business Reboot Podcast. We're here to pull back the curtain of entrepreneurship and help you fall in love with the business of your business. We know every step forward is a chance to be more aligned and purpose, grow businesses that create impact, and live the lives we work so hard for. Sometimes all you need is a reboot to get started. Hi, friend, and welcome to the Business Reboot Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by me, Corey Frazier. I'm a branding and photography coach for photographers looking to create offers that serve clients well and help them pivot within their industry. I help you create a strategy that allows you to make moves while staying focused on where you've been and where you're going. For more information, you can check out my website at coreyfraserphotography.com. Hello, friend. We are so excited to be here. We are excited to be back in the recording booth, aka our closets. Uh, And we are talking to you about something that is important to us. I feel like I say that every week. This is very important. important, But it's It's all all important important. to us, Melissa. It's all important. Because we've been doing this so long that we've seen the things that worked and we've seen the things that didn't. And we're just like, we're we're ready to spill all the beans. So today we're going to be talking about starting here. Like, where to start. We've been having conversations and we think it's time to just give a little roadmap. Right. Well, and some of the conversations that we've been having lately with entrepreneurs in all industries, I mean, not just photographers, not just creatives, but in all industries is um, that there's some things that they're like, I didn't realize this, but I don't know this. And thankfully they're speaking up and they're asking the questions of people like us who have gone before them. And, you know, here's the other thing too, Melissa, you know, as well as I do that things change, industries change, requirements change, rules change. And so we thought we would just kind of share our thoughts on getting started today. Yeah. We're talking about starting your business, starting at the very beginning, starting with the things that have felt hard uh, because you don't know where to start. And it feels like, especially when you first begin, that there is this wall between you and people who've been doing this for a really long time. And I don't know, some industries, it can be competition. I remember when I became a photographer at the very Mm -hmm. beginning and I reached out to older photographers in our area and it was crickets. I heard from no one. And I remember saying to myself, well, if they're not going to help me, then I'm going to have to figure it out on my own. And I'm going to make sure that no other photographer is stuck not knowing what to do next. And that has been able to be carried with me through every move and pivot I've made. And now I'm I'm barely doing photography at all, but it's helping me in coaching. It's helping me lead people. It's helping me when I speak. So I think that being able to um, express to others the steps that they need in order to start to get where you're at or to get where they want to go on their own individual business journey is really important. And so today we are going to um, pull back the old curtain of business ownership and tell you exactly so Wizard of Oz E. Look at that. Look at that. Especially after last week where, or a couple weeks ago when I talked about anxiety and napping, um, when I get stressed out and don't want to do things because I need to outsource. So, you know, exactly. I am Dorothy. That is me. Exactly. Um, well, and I will say too, a lot of times the first thing that people will ask is like, where do I even go? Like, if I want to start this business, I have this idea, I'm ready to, you know, push the gas on it. One of the things that I did, especially when we moved here, because I've moved my business from one state to another, was I headed to the Small Business Administration for a conversation. And ours happens to be headed or uh, located at our local community college. And the guy there, I made an appointment, walked in. He was a wealth of knowledge. He spent about an hour with me and kind of laid out some some answers to questions that I had is what does it look like, you know, to do business in North Carolina? And um, I will say that, too, if you are a woman and you are wanting to start a small business, 
the Small Business Administration has a ton of great resources for women. There are all kinds of grants. There are special loans. Um, I didn't take any of those or need any of those whenever I was just starting as a solopreneur. But depending on what your industry is and what kind of business model you're starting, you might want to look into some of those options. But the Small Business Administration is where I always send you know, people who are asking those kinds of questions about just getting started because they are the official word or quote unquote, if you will, um, for things in your state that you need to get started. Yeah, I remember back in 2005 when I was starting my business, uh, I didn't get a business license till 2006, but I remember the the chatter that everybody had at that point was, well, you need to go do a continuing ed class at a local university that's going to teach you about how to get a business license and teach you how to own and operate a business. And I remember being, I mean, let's just be honest, I was real naive. I was also, I think, 20 or 22. Uh, and I, for me personally, I had spent my life up to that point kind of figuring out, um, you know, how, how to get by, how to go to school and work full time, how to, you know, figure out what my living situation was going to be. I was in college and then we got married and, and all the things. And I didn't, I didn't know where to start. And it feels like when you first start a business that you are, how do I put this? Uh, you you get so full of the passion for the industry that you're going to be serving, what, no matter what it is, whether it be real estate or hair or photography or, I mean, literally, you name it. You get so excited about the work that you're wanting to create, and the people that you want to serve, that the kind of technical parts of it seem so boring and so right. drawn out right. and just lame. Such a buzzkill to the fun that happens when you're, uh, you know, freelancing or you're an entrepreneur or you're running a business. But I will tell you, if you neglect those things, you will end up in some very dire situations that could have been prevented. Um, just like when you're a kid and your mom gives you rules and they kind of you know, make you angry and you don't want to do them, uh, but you realize it was so that you didn't die, right? It's like for <laughs> safety. And that's, that's the, it's the same thing in the business community. They're are tons and tons of uh, rules and things to follow, but if you do them properly, you don't have to worry at all. So I remember being like, I don't know how I feel about having to spend 50 bucks to go take a class on how to get a business license. And I came home from college because my husband and I got married while we were seniors in college. And um, he said, Hey, I got you this business license today. And I, I mean, just in case you wanted to do this. So uh, he just showed up at the door and I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Okay. Now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so and what's next? Right. So we want to walk you guys through something just because the conversations that we're having over and over again right now have to do with people that have incredible offers or incredible products and services that they sell. But they're coming to us going, oh, let me come to you with my cone of shame on and tell you that I don't have a proper X or I don't have a proper Y or I don't have whatever it is. And that is not something that you need to be ashamed about, but it no. is something that you need to make sure that you work on. And so if you are considering starting a business or if you already have a business and you're considering creating a second side to your business and you want to know where to start because maybe it's been a minute and you haven't had to do that in a while, or maybe you're going... I mean, I want to sell stuff on Etsy and I just put my listing in that and then hope I don't make over $600 a year so I don't have to claim it, <laughs> right? right? Like nobody says that. We all get into this because we want to help people. We want to serve people. We want to make money. We want to have our own schedules. All the things that we want to do and can do as entrepreneurs if we're doing them correctly. So we have in true educator 
<coughs> Corey. Uh, yes, the teacher. True, in me. true educator form. We have prepared ten things that you need to do in order to start your business. So you want to start us off, Corey? I will. It's our top 10 list. I will also say too, as a piggyback off of what you were saying, if you already are in business and you listen to some of these things and you're like, oh, I haven't done that yet. That's okay. Start tomorrow. Like just go ahead and start getting these things done. Don't put it off for six months. I'll deal with that in six months. No, no, no. If you're already in business, these are, this is like a checklist, top 10 things. You want to make sure that you're doing these. Um, so the first one is if you are a product or if you have a product or service that you are ready to offer um, and it's marketable and you have confirmation, people are asking for it or people are, you've tested, maybe you've tested the waters. You've put it out there. You've maybe started an Etsy shop and you're like, I'm going to see how this takes off or I'm going to, you know, bake some cupcakes. I'm sure that there are all kinds of food laws that you need to be following, but sometimes you might be doing it like at a, um, as a raffle for your local, you know, PTO fall festival and people just fall in love with the cupcakes or cookies that you're making. But you really want to make sure that you have a product or a service that you are ready to offer and that it's marketable and that you have confirmation that people are wanting it in your area or in your area of influence. Right. I mean, it, it has to make sense. The product or service has to make sense. If I, who have never taken a CrossFit class, were to come to Corey and say, Corey, you know what? I think I want to open a CrossFit gym. She would be like, ma'am, I need you to reconsider. I'm really, I need you to think about this a little bit because I have no circle idea. Back. About, let's, circle circle back, back. let's put circle a pin back. in it. Put a pin in it. Um, but if uh, it's one of those where I were to say, hey, I'm writing a book, people will go, oh, well, that would make sense because you've been a content creator for a while. You have stories to tell. You talk to people through your writing. So that would make sense. So it's like as long as what you are looking to build as a product or service is something that you have confirmation that other people will purchase from you and it feels aligned with what you how you want to serve and um you have more than just some passion. You got a little drive with it. Then that's, that's like your first step is have that. And then let's put our foot on the gas. Next, we're going to get super technical. And this is part of the like lameness of owning a business is that you need to go to your local government (laughs) offices. Okay. There is nothing glamorous or sexy about flashing a business license at anybody. And some counties don't require them. Some counties do require them. There is a county down the road from me where all you do is you go to the courthouse and you tell them you want to start a business. You give them $25 and they will write the name of your business on an index card and hand it back to you. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that welcome to the South. Um, but you need to make sure that you're, you're talking to your local government offices. That might require you to get a business license, a food license, maybe health inspection papers, a certificate of occupancy. All of these things sound big and hairy and scary, but I promise you, if you start at your local business office, they will tell you and direct you where to go next. And all of these things feel super heavy and complicated and expensive, but in my area to start a business license was 50 bucks. I think my certificate of occupancy because I worked out of my house was $5. And then you just have to update your addresses, all that kind of stuff. And, and it is super easy, but that also means, right. and the small, you know, yeah, go ahead. 
I'm going to say the Small Business Administration also will give you all of those free resources. They will literally give you a plan. This is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. And whenever I was having my meeting with him, he was like, we so wish more people knew about us and were coming to us to ask these questions because this is what we're here for. This is literally what we do. And it doesn't cost you anything to, to be given the instructions as to where to go and what to do. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that you're doing that. And as far as like paying state taxes, um, sales tax, you need to get all those kinds of things set up and those county offices, those government offices, they will they will point you in the right direction. So trust your local people. Right. And that, that also means your state registration too. So if you've got an LLC or an S Corp, um, you want to make sure that you're filing something with the Secretary of State. Again, sounds really scary. Uh, just a heads up, you can outsource this to a, an attorney. It doesn't Please cost do. very much to get them to set you up. Um, on the Secretary of State's website to, to get your business registered. Like these things are not hard. It's hard because we don't know how to do them. But once you find the right people that do them, like our accountant is the one who set up our LLC. And then they just let us know when it's time to renew. Um, I think my attorney did my original LLC for me. And every year I just get an email. They'll email you and communicate to you like you're a normal human being without you feeling like you have to go to jail every time you get contacted by the government. <laughs> but um, it is super important that you do those official things because it's going to protect you ultimately in the end. Mm -hmm. Speaking of protecting yourself and your money, uh, the next thing on the list is to open up a bank account for your business only. We hear from a lot of people that are like, okay, it's they've been in business maybe for a little bit, for a hot minute. And they're like, oh, I need to really kind of do this. I need to start separating out my personal finances and my business finances. And Melissa and I are always like, yes, yes. Corey is you do. breathing heavily into a bag when people are like, I don't have a separate account. And she's like, oh. let's do that. Oh. Let's do that right now. We're going to pause everything else and we're going to set up that separate bank account. Um, because here's the thing. It is, it's one of those things that it's very easy to do. It, it, like Melissa was saying also, it's one of those things that we put off because we're like, oh, this sounds really long, hard and tedious. It's not. You go to your local bank or whatever bank that you, your family banks with, and you just say, I need to set up a business account. And I have a separate business and a business checking and a savings account. Everything comes into my checking account. And then I use my savings account for paying taxes. I just go ahead and, you know, slide a percentage oh, yeah, over. Because you're going to have to pay those. You're going to have to pay those. Yeah, just heads they're, up. they're there. And and so everything that comes into my business, it all lands in that bank account. So there's never any confusion as to what and, and expenses too. I have a completely separate card that all of my business, Melissa will tell you, I have every receipt for every purchase that is ever made. I love Miss Crawley. <laughs> even, even the $6 pack of gum, the receipt is there. And so I keep all of that separate. Um, so once you have that system in place, it's really not hard to maintain. Um, and then I just pay myself out of that because of the way my business is set up. I can do that. So make sure that you have a separate bank account because you do not want to be crossing business and personal um, money. Okay. First things first, can we address the fact that inflation is real, but ain't nobody paying $6 for a pack of gum for it. Ain't nobody, <laughs> nobody's paying $6 for maybe a pack of gum. Maybe a couple of packs. Maybe a couple <laughs> I of mean, packs. you must've bought a multi-pack because <laughs> that, my friend, I would not approve that purchase. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of approving purchases, uh, get financial software. That is the next tip is get financial software, whether it be QuickBooks and Excel spreadsheet. There are like a dozen companies you can pay $9 to $100 a month, depending on the services that you're looking for, how connected you want them to be to your financial institutions. Look at me. That sounded fancy. It's a bank. That sounded um, like a commercial. I don't look what? at I mean, do, look you at know you. what? Speaking of commercials, we need some advertisers. Who <laughs> wants us to give y'all a shout out on this podcast for some money? So 
but anyway, accepted. you need, <laughs> that's right. You need to um, make sure that you have some semblance of software that's going to help you keep your money straight, because I promise you that uh, it will make your life so much easier. At the end of the year, I literally just give my accountant access to my QuickBooks and then I send it on. And then he does our taxes, sends everything back, helps me pay my, um, I don't know, what is it? My uh, occupational property taxes and mm -hmm. All the things oh, that you have to pay, because here's the deal that if you don't find them, they're going to find you. They will find you. Mm -hmm. They're going to get their money from you. Better like option is to, to find them first. And so keeping all of your financials together and straight is going to be so helpful to you at the end of a year. I don't want people enjoying their business only from March to November. I really want to claim back that December through March when you're not worrying about taxes and, um, and help everybody to have their ducks in a row when it comes to their money, because it will, again, just make things so much easier. And it, and it making things easier. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like I didn't use QuickBooks for the longest time. Actually, I don't use QuickBooks. My bookkeeper uses QuickBooks in my business now, but I use an Excel spreadsheet. That's how I started years ago. I mean, I may have, I've been in business so long and I am so old. I might actually have been around before QuickBooks. I'm not sure. I was I was around when QuickBooks came on a disc and then you just had to oh. put it on your computer and it wasn't online. I did. I got me a couple I, of discs. I, I do remember that. I avoided yeah, those and it discs. Was, I, I think it was like 800 bucks for the disc too. So then when it went <laughs> online, I was like, you're kidding. But unfortunately at this point, even if I didn't want to use this software and system, I am locked and loaded for 17 mm -hmm. years worth of information. So yes, I'm just gonna have going to have to pay there. that fee. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Same. Well, I started though with an Excel spreadsheet. If you're just starting out, I mean, I definitely would point you in the direction of get, get QuickBooks from the very beginning. It'll make your life a lot easier. But I started with an Excel spreadsheet and I just kept running record and I was very diligent about it. Like if you're not going to look at it until December 31st, that might not be your best your best route to go, but I was. I need you diligent. to shut your mouth. I need you to shut your mouth. I'm just <laughs> I didn't point my finger at <laughs> Melissa, but I kind of did give her the evil eye. Like I'm just saying, I I raised that eyebrow. I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you, and I'm talking to you. So an Excel spreadsheet. If you're just gonna look at it December 31st, I'm gonna say mm, no, thank you. Like outsource that or get your QuickBooks together. But I would keep a running list of all of my income that came in, and then all of my expenses that went out. And I even had a lady that was doing my taxes and. And she helped me the first year she did my taxes and said, this is how I am going to um, break down your expenses. This is how I want you to organize them. I was like, okay, you're a genius. So then the next year when I went into her, I literally had all of my receipts in a folder. <coughs> and I was just clearing my throat. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had all of my receipts in a folder. They were even paper clipped together, Melissa, by category. And, and she gave me serious sting guy on this computer. But, um, and then I had it all broken down. So I had every category ready to hand off to her. It actually saved me some money and time in doing my taxes because it was so organized. And that's how I did it for several years until I was ready to outsource and invest in a bookkeeper who then has it all on QuickBooks. She prints out the reports. I can access it anytime I want. Every month I look at my profit and um, loss report. And it's super, super easy. It's time to do taxes. We print off the things. I send them to my CPA. Done which is Finished. what leads us into the next um, tip, which is get an accountant. They can yes. handle all the tax stuff. It literally, as Melissa says, makes me breathe into a bag and need to take a stress nap and sweat all at the same time um, because the tax stuff makes me mm, too nervous. So Listen, I have an here, accountant. Here's, here's the thing. I, I don't know what 
in in a past life did I do something real bad that made me afraid of prison? Because for some reason, I am not afraid of going to jail for a crime that I commit. I'm afraid of going to jail because they're like, you stole money from us. We're the government. Go. And I, so I don't know. I just don't chance it. And I remember when I first started my business, that part was really difficult to navigate. And so I got an accountant that I thought that I could trust. They ended up going out of business, which is BT Dubs, not the best sign for an accountant. I switched to a different company. And then after being with them for almost nine years, um, I realized that the type of business that I did was not the type of business that they were specializing in. And so the rates just kept getting higher. They kept growing, kept growing to the point where it was like, this is the, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway fee, isn't it? It didn't make any Mm -hmm. sense. And so um, when we found our current accountant, um, it has been the best situation because I know that everything that I'm doing, they're handling and they're thinking about, about me and my business, even when I'm not thinking about me and my business. And so it helps me stay connected to financials when normally that is something that really like had scared me for the longest time. Not because I felt like I was a bad steward, not because I wasn't making enough. Like there was plenty of money, but it's just that I want to make sure I'm doing things the things the proper way. Um, basically I'm never gonna be a criminal because I can't, I can't cut it y'all can't cut it. So, well, and Melissa explain the part that like Chad said, like you're a photographer. So I want you to stay in that lane. I'm an accountant. Like I'm going to stay right, in my lane. Right. Right. The first time I met with our accountant, Chad, he's the serial CFO on Instagram. Uh, and he is incredible. If you just need business tips, uh, he is who I would recommend a thousand times over because he's been so helpful for my individual business, for Corey, for all the women who we have worked with through the reboot. Uh, he has just been so generous and kind with his information. And that just helps entrepreneurs create um, from a place of uh, no fear when it comes to their financials. And so uh, I remember sitting in my car and it was time for my meeting and I walk in and I have just been crying. I just been crying. I don't know why I was crying. I was so sad. I was so scared. I was like, he's going to know I'm a fraud. I'm an idiot. I've been in business a long time and I still am stressing out about this. And I just remember him looking at me and I was moved and I went and sat in the lobby and he was like, are you going to come back here or I mean, we can do this out here if you want. And I was like, no, no, I'll come. And I get back there and he said, well, here's the deal. Cause at the time, the only offer that I had was photography. I had not moved. And I mean, we've been to, we, we've been together for years is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but uh, he said, well, how about this? Know that I am not a photographer. I am not a creative. Um, what I am is an accountant. So how about you just do your creative things and you let me do my accounting things and then we'll just call it good. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I can do that. Yeah, and so, that. right. So having peace of mind, on the financial end. And I know that we have talked extensively about this today, about the financial software, having separate bank accounts, having an accountant, like, because those are things that even at the initial, uh, like start of your business, you may not be thinking about them that much, but I am promising you on everything I know that they will come up and it will make you feel small. It will make you feel um, ignorant. It'll make you feel confused. If you don't set these things up properly at the very beginning, you do not want right. to, uh, you know, have to chase information that you should have, could have, would have known, um, when at the very beginning or at the very beginning of you realizing it needing to be taken care of, just right. going ahead and doing it. So, do it. okay. To get off of that, because that feels heavy. Let's talk about something that's much lighter. How about legal contracts? <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> that is not much lighter and happier, but it is necessary. That's right. How about creating and purchasing contracts if they are necessary in your business? Do not, I repeat to you, do not 
do business without a contract if your service requires that you should have a contract. Okay, well, we're going to say that a little louder for the people in the back. Do not do business without a contract, period. Uh, it is one of those things that is, and here's here's the other thing too. Um, you know, the, the Enneagram 3 wing 2 in me looks at it like this. I'm not only protecting my business, but I'm also protecting my clients that I'm serving. So if you are one of those people that's like, oh, but a contract feels really legal. It, it is. And, and really icky. It's not. You are just protecting your business, but also looking out for your clients because that's why you have a, a contract in place. It protects both parties' interests in this agreement of service or purchase or whatever it is that you are doing in your business. And like when Melissa and I were talking earlier, like plumbers probably, they don't need a contract, but I'm sure there's somewhere that there is a terms and conditions that you can find on their website or, you know, some kind of policy somewhere that they have um, that's in writing. And so if you're a creative though, um, you really need to make sure that you are doing business with a contract, uh, especially if you're in the service industry, like Melissa and I come from the photography background, um, because if there's ever a dispute, you know, we always, we we don't want to have to deal with it, but sometimes you just do. It, it pops it pops up. And when you have that contract in place, you are covering all of your bases or most of them. And if you have one that was legally drawn up by an attorney or you purchase one um, from, you know, an attorney, uh, then usually it holds up in court and you're protected. Right, right. And, and two with that is that it also, um, how do I say this? It keeps you accountable to the work right. that you have to do. I have seen people, uh, who have contracts and it, it, or I have taken two contracts and been like, this was what was promised. This was not necessarily what was delivered or, uh, you know, vice versa. And so people have, I mean, I've never had that situation come up to me, but I have mm-hmm. helped people go, were you supposed to get this? Or, or if they say, you know, I thought that I was going to be getting three months of extra coaching with this particular product. And I'm like, well, let's go back and look at your contract. If they weren't dealing with me and I didn't know the contract I say, let's go back and look. And sure enough, it's not in there or it is in there. And the person didn't you know, follow through with their words. So contracts will keep you as a business owner accountable to your clients. And it'll also protect you exactly like Corey is saying. Um, so next, and, and let us just say these 10 things, and we're almost through them, y'all, but these 10 things, they don't, not necessarily in this order. I don't want you to feel like you have to wait right. to start a contract before you have officially been approved for your business license. Like these are all things that you can be doing while you're in the weight of other things happening or being approved, uh, you know, when it comes to particularly like the, the legal licenses and things like that. So this right. next one is to, is just pretty simple. Set up a business email and social media accounts. Just make sure you're securing your name or some deviation of it and, uh, and have it so that you're ready to rock and roll when this business gets off the ground. Yes. And I will also say, we're talking about business email and social accounts. Don't make it something that is super, um, it doesn't apply to you or your business. I mean, it doesn't have to be your name, especially if your business is maybe not Corey Frazier Photography or Melissa Pepin Photography. Um, but it shouldn't be something like um, backslash dot mail dot backslash you know, star. Oh, right. Hey, what was your what was your first email address? Because Corey and I were around before the internet, um, and so what was your first email address? 
it was it was ckg fraser at yahoo.com and the funny oh, thing is that you. that stood for Corey, kevin grace well guess what madeline and emma get real hurt when anybody brings up ckg fraser at yahoo.com because um, <laughs> they were not included but i was like because you weren't thought of yet like you were just a, a twinkle in our eye and then of course that grosses them out so um we don't talk about ckg fraser at yahoo.com oh, sad, sad okay mine was uh, much less glamorous uh it was also my aol instant chat name but it was muffet's muffet and i don't know why i just remember it was like i'm from the era of everybody picking like the most random goofy things to be their email addresses so y'all are welcome for that little tidbit and i'm pretty sure it was at aol Oh my gosh. That is, but see, but that but listen, your cute one really makes me feel bad. Um, because that means that I was a full blown adult with a child when the internet was created. Yep, yep. There's our age <laughs> difference, guys. There we go. Just, you know what? Shut up. Um okay, so the next thing is you want to create a website. Uh this is where your business lives virtually. Melissa and I have talked a lot about that. It's like hanging your shingle out and saying, I'm open for business. Even if you're like, well, I don't do a whole lot of business through my website, that's okay. You need a www blah, 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 because uh, that is where it lives. That's where people can kind of pop over and see what you do, see what your offers are. And uh, it's something that's very important. Right. Okay. Next, you need to choose a client management system or a POS system, which means you need to be able to take money from people and manage all of their things. So whether that's Square, Apple Pay, PayPal, HoneyBook, Dubsado, literally name the company, doesn't matter. Um, If it is client management software so that you can uh, keep everybody's information in one spot and you can take their money, that's that's the thing that's the most important. Right. And it also um, elevates your uh, professionalism to your um, forward facing for your clients. So that if you're able to accept payments, send invoices, um, send contracts, email through all of those, one of those systems, uh, it's really helpful for keeping all of the business things in that, um, in that one place, that one bucket, that one system. Right. And let me, let me just say this because I deal with, um, we have, we have a house and we have a second property and we're getting work and things done on that second property just because we have uh, my mother moving in. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let me just tell you, if you are still taking nothing but checks, there is something, there is something. Y'all, it's 2022. <laughs> In in Jesus' name, I require everybody to have a POS system so you can take a card. Because at this point, uh, I just, I can't, I can't know it. I can't do it. It's too much. Do, do you yes. remember when, when you'd go to the grocery store and you would give them a check and they would just scan it and then hand it back? Do you remember that? Okay, listen, no, this is how I am. I, I, yeah. I, and, and the credit card thing where you used to put the credit card in oh, and then they would yeah, yeah, yeah. and like slide like it Like in across. Home Alone 2. Home Alone yeah. 2. Yes. Yes, girl. I remember all that. We old. Uh, yeah, so that is that is something. And I will also say, though, that um, depending on which version of PayPal and Venmo you may be using, mm, that's not always legit. Like, make right. sure Y'all that... Pay, pay the 6% uh, fee. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to harp. I'm not trying to harp on people. But here's the deal. There's a cost of doing business. In case you have... In case nobody has ever looked you in your <laughs> retina and grabbed your sweet little face and said, we are not in the business of doing things as cheaply as we possibly can so that we can take other people's money. That is not what we are here to do. It, like, running your business professionally, it says a lot. It says a lot about your character. It says a lot about how far you're willing to go to serve the 
people who you're trying to solicit your services to. And, um, and I think it's important to know that those things are all write-offs. Like you're not, you're, you're going to have deducted from the taxes that you owe the money that you pay in credit card fees. Right. The, right. the transaction fees that you have, like there are just some things that are costs of doing business. And what ends up happening, especially when you're dealing with other business owners, they know they know if it's, mm -mm. If it's shifty yes. and you just are like, give me a check because I don't want to pay the three percent or the four percent. I mean, y'all, I'm all for saving money, but I'm also like, let's do it correctly. That way we're above reproach. That's that's huge. Yes. It's so well, huge. And that goes back up to some of the things that we've talked about before of getting all your ducks in a row and your accounting. Um, this is just one of those as Melissa said, cost of doing business and, and it's a necessity. Uh, and the last step that we have for you guys today is to begin looking at business education opportunities. Um, what do you need to learn first or what is the most support that you need to bring into your, to your business? Those investments are very big payoffs. So once you get all of these other things taken care of, then you, or, or even as you're doing those things, you might want to start sliding some money, you know, to the side in that business savings account that you've already started, start sliding some money over so that you can start investing in those places that you feel like, okay, I'm going to need some coaching through this, or I need to learn how to do X, Y, or Z in my business. And I'm going to start looking for those people who are those experts that can teach me those things or I can outsource for those things. Right. And y'all, we are the only replaceable, irreplaceable parts of our business. We are the only irreplaceable parts of our business and we can't buy back more time, but we can pay for knowledge and we can pay for wisdom and information and that will get us light years ahead of where we'd be mm -hmm. without it. So uh, don't be afraid to invest in your business. I, I will say that some of the greatest blessings I've ever had in my business were when I paid to uh, learn information and knowledge that then took me to be able to elevate the the things that I, were, I was offering, whether it be photography or coaching or speaking, um, any of those things. Like I have paid uh, not just my dues with time, but also mm -hmm. paid money to learn from people who I want to emulate their style or who had techniques that I needed to know about. If you are a cake baker and you, uh, you know, want to start specializing in one particular particular type of pastry, then you need to go learn from people who do that pastry and do it well. Mm -hmm. And so don't be afraid to spend your time and your money learning from them because you're then going to be able to turn around and make it a profit for your business. There is, there is a, an R in ROI and then it's the return on your investment. ROI. Look at, look, look at, at us. us. We are, we are one. We, we are, are in one. sync today. And that's what I'm going to say. Return on your investment. Look at where you need help the most. The first thing that you need to learn, like Melissa said, if you want to specialize in this special type of pastry, well, that might be where you need to invest. That would give you the biggest return on investment because that's pastry that you specialize in. Maybe what makes you the most money. So look at when you're looking at educating or investing in business education, think about that ROI. What is going to bring you the biggest return on your investment first? Right. Speaking of investment, we do want to let you know that our Business Reboot Mastermind is starting January 4th. It is so close and we cannot wait. We still have a few seats open and we would love to have you join us. Sign up for support and help us carry your business with you. We're going to just team up with you uh, into 2023. This mastermind is six full months of mindset and strategy work aimed at helping you grow your business, align yourself with purpose, make more money and have more time building a life that you love. The whole point of the business reboot is to help you fall in love with the back end of your business. And that's what we're going to be doing for six whole months through strategy, mindset calls, office hours. It's going to be amazing. You can find out more information on our website at thebusinessreboot.com or slip into our 
DMs at Instagram uh, or on Instagram at Business Reboot. We are so excited. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Also, we would love if you head over and give us a follow on wherever it is that you are listening uh, to podcast, as well as a review. Those reviews keep us going, fuel our hearts, and um, we are just so grateful and thankful. Thank you. Have a great day, and we'll see you next Wednesday on the Business Reboot Podcast. 